Welcome to episode 209 of Manage the Wild. I'm your host, Nick Madsen. Today, we're going to be talking about genetics and genetic diversity within big game. The reason why I talk about uh, I want to talk about this today is oftentimes around hunting season, you start to hear people talk about genetics. Oh, the genetics are just not good in this area, or the genetics are just not good in that area when they shot a three-point mule deer instead of a four-point. Oftentimes, though, what they're running into is more of a nutrition or a habitat issue. As the animals are building uh, or growing antlers, they are using a lot of nutrition to be able to create those type of structures, and their body's going to need a lot. And when they're trying to put on fat for the winter, as well as grow antlers, and there's not very good habitat, also you'll get a reduction in antler growth. And so most of the time that I've run into it, it's very little to do with genetics and very much to do with habitat. But that may not be always be the case. There are areas in different units that we all know of in different states that just have weird things growing on. There's management hunts to reduce cactus bucks. If uh, there's a lot that are having testosterone problem, they'll start to become cactus bucks where they start getting these little pokies and they'll have a lot of velvet and they're just not rubbing it off. Oftentimes it's due to testosterone and there are areas that will remove these uh, due to management hunts. So today we're going to talk a little bit about genetics and the instances in where you're going to see genetics come out and play, but also just a little background of what genes and genetics are. We all took, uh, I guess, uh, science growing up as well as in high school, but I'm going to give you a super simple rundown of what genetics are as well as what DNA is. So we know that we get our DNA from our parents and that DNA is the map that creates who we are today, just like all animals do. The things that make deer or a mule deer, a mule deer are going to be, their DNA is going to be different from that of a whitetail or an elk. And so it's what we receive from our parents is what helps us uh, become what we are today. Oftentimes, though, what we're looking for in, in genetics and what they're hoping to see is a lot of genetic diversity. With uh, a limited gene pool, some of those genes within the DNA may not be the greatest, and there may be something there that is wrong, and it will start to express itself when we limit that genetic diversity. Case in point is cougars down in Florida. As the gene pool got smaller and smaller, the cougars at the very end of their tail would have a kink or a bend. Uh, they would start having trouble with their eyesight or whatever. But it's because they had limited gene pool. They didn't have enough uh, people coming in or enough animals coming in. We all tease about being down south or knowing a family that came from the same gene pool. And that's exactly what happens. So the more genetic diversity, the more interaction and the larger connectedness a population is, oftentimes they are going to be more healthy. The reason why that is going to be important is when you have large ge uh, genetic diversity, they have all faced some kind of disease or something else. And these populations can then withstand as this 
gene is expressed throughout the entire population, they'll be able to handle some of those environmental changes like we talked about yesterday, climate change. Things that will allow them to adapt a little bit better if they have that genetic diversity. Diseases as they spread like COVID or OV pneumonia or whatever it might be, uh, some of these populations are going to be able to withstand it better than other populations because of their genetic diversity. Just the overall genetic diversity allows individuals within a group to express themselves and sometimes those gene expressions are good and they're passed on. Other times they're not. There are threats, though, to genetic diversity. Case in point, again, going back to cougars, they had fragmentation. They were cut off from the rest of the population being stuck down in Florida. There was some a few cats still in Texas, but ultimately... They were in the west or in the north, and there wasn't just a whole lot left for them to connect to. So populate, or their habitat got uh, fragmented, and then there was a bunch of urbanization that can happen. Think of all the development and all the things that are going on. Uh, even here in the west, uh, populations can become isolated on a mountain, and you're going to have uh, a limited gene pool. You know, one of the situations, and and it's uh, nice that they are so well connected, but Antelope Island in Utah is not too, in the not too near distant future, going to be fairly isolated. They're, they're known for their bison. They're definitely isolated, but they're, they're bighorn sheep and mule deer population. Now the mule deer, some are coming off the island, some are going back on, depending on whether they fill it up with water, but that is a population that can become isolated. Now it's not too difficult for them to bring in a couple of bucks or bring in a couple of does and to help it increase that diversity because it only takes a few animals to really dramatically alter that genetic diversity. It doesn't take a whole lot, but that's a population that could in the near future with all the urban development going on be dramatically affected. And so it just it just helps overall because right now, uh, like let's say Antelope Island, they're creating what you would call, in my notes, I put a genetic bottleneck where we are limited in the amount of genetics that are coming in and also the amount that are coming off. And so that could create some problems. Wildlife managers, to overcome this, they have a whole lot of different things. One, they try to keep the habitat connected. They try to reduce the amount of fragmentation that is going on. They want populations flowing from A to B. You'll notice uh, as they track with GPS collars, they are seeing or they're getting a pretty good understanding of how much connectedness is going on. There are populations in, in highly urbanized areas in states in the United States that I'm thinking of that in the near future are going to be are going to have that problem because their habitat is getting even more and more limited and it's being more and more fragmented. The freeways are cutting them off large tracks of development. And so you're going to have to start worrying about these isolated populations. 
I, there's a, a population in California that I'm thinking of as Southern California gets bigger and bigger. Some of these areas are going to be more and more limited to these wildlife being able to move freely. So you're going to have to do some translocations, just like in antelope. You're not going to have to bring in a whole lot of animals. Uh, it, one buck can service 100 does right there. Boom. You've got a whole lot of genetic diversity just from bringing one animal in. So it's not like you're going to have to bring in a 1,000 animals but just release, releasing a few animals into these areas is definitely going to bolster, and that's some of the things that they have to look at doing. And then you just have to look overall at whether that population can survive. There are a few stories out there. Uh, if you look at the cougars in Florida and Texas bringing animals from Texas, now you're saying, well, that's not the same cougar, and you're correct. Uh, just like wolves in, in Yellowstone. Um, but they are success stories in which a population was helped. They bring in a few animals and it dramatically changes or alters their genetic diversity. It just brings in a whole new breath of life. Some of the takeaways, though, uh, basically, in a nutshell, DNA is some of the driving force between the animals that we have today the the bigger animals the there are things that we are selecting for that are being expressed so dna is important it's not the ultimate thing but it can be important if you're selecting the most mature rams and each year you're getting smaller and smaller rams that's because you're removing that gene out of the population and you can bolster it by bringing other rams in but genetic diversity uh, is basically, it helps against those changes that we're constantly seeing, whether it's environmental changes, whether it's uh, fragmentation posed by all the building we do, we are doing. And it's one of those conservation strategies that, they're, that wildlife managers, researchers are looking at for very small populations. Think of those populations that are on the threat of going extinct. They're a threatened species. That's the ones where they're starting to really be concerned or not starting, but they are already concerned about the limited genetic diversity and those uh, deleterious traits that are going to be presented and the challenges. So that's what I've got for today. If you guys uh, found today's episode interesting, let me know. Share your thoughts. Share it with your friends. Hit me up on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we are now on YouTube. And uh, hopefully I'll try to find more topics that you guys will be interested in. All right, you guys. Have a great day. Stay wild.